in lockdown. Don't venture away from your radio. Don't go outside. Don't get infected. Welcome to Quarantine. Quarantine Radio Theater brings you new productions of old-time radio as well as new productions of original material. So, dim the lights, sit back, and close your eyes. We are in quarantine. If this is your first show... Well, welcome. And if you have seen our other two episodes, welcome back to Quarantine Radio Theater. We're so glad to have you join us. Tonight's show is one sure to entertain. Tonight, we present to you Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, the classic to... Hey, Brent. Yes, Allison? You do remember that there are no zombies in tonight's show. We're only presenting the classic Jane Austen story. Zombies are coming in a future show. Are you sure? Because I've already gathered up a ton of zombies. Yes, Brand. This is a romantic one for a bit of variety. So get rid of the zombies. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, everyone uh, that can still understand me. Oh, he's a flippin' zombie whisperer. We are apparently not needing you all today, so Allison says you need to go. Well, they're gone. Like I said, thank you for joining us as we delve into Jane Austen's classic tale about how upper-class people deal with zombies. Oh, as well I as just warned him not to mention zombies. Love, and we well, this is for his own certain... good. Ow, hey! What is this? Is this a dart? Maybe he'll learn. Probably not, but maybe. Okay, folks, sit back and enjoy this recreation of the 1944 radio version of Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen's classic delightful tale about early 1800s love, family, friendship, and the danger of being too quick to judge others. Tonight's Quarantine Radio Theater brings you romance and a charming comedy, Pride and Prejudice. Once again, Quarantine Radio Theater brings you romance 
great love stories of today and yesterday. Here you will find adventure, the adventure of boy and girl, man and woman, in search of happiness with one another. Here you will find mystery, the mystery of the human heart. Tonight we take pleasure in bringing you Jane Austen's immortal love story, Pride and Prejudice, with Megan Knoll as Elizabeth, who was too proud for love, and Kelly Halland as Mr. Darcy, who was too prejudiced for romance. Is a story based on a certain belief widely subscribed to by mothers at the turn of the 18th century. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. The lady you just heard speaking is Mrs. Bennet, wife of Mr. Bennet, of the estate known as Longburn in England the mother of five daughters. We're going to tell you the story of her second eldest daughter, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Bennet was a beautiful girl. Proud? Oh, my, yes. And prejudiced. Oh, very strongly. Against a certain Mr. Darcy. This is why. Elizabeth was at a ball given by a new man in the community, Mr. Bingley, who appeared quite interested in Elizabeth's elder sister, Jane. Well, at the ball, Elizabeth was sitting out at dance alone when she overheard... Darcy! Darcy, why are you standing over here by yourself? Come, let's see you dance a few sets. Thank you, no. Your dancing was the only pretty girl in the room. Jane Bennett? She is beautiful, I'll not deny that. But there's her sister, Elizabeth, sitting over there to the right. She's very beautiful herself. Let me present her to you. Sorry, old man. She may look all right to you, but she doesn't tempt me. And I'm not in a good enough mood to feel like putting up with young ladies who don't have partners. You can easily see why Elizabeth Bennet became more than a little prejudiced against Mr. Darcy. Well, the next time they came together was at an informal party at a friend's. Mr. Darcy, you must permit me to introduce this young lady to you as a most desirable dancing partner. Thank you, Sir William. Miss Bennet? You need not worry, Mr. Darcy. I have not the slightest intention of dancing. I'm sorry, Sir William. I'm a little tired this evening. Surely you won't refuse me. I suppose I must be the first that ever has, Mr. Darcy, but I am rather critical of my dancing partners, just as you are. And now, please excuse me. Ah, Miss Bennet. Oh. Don't you know that it takes two people to fully appreciate a moonlit evening? You shouldn't be sitting here all by yourself. What amazing conceit you have, Mr. Darcy, to think that you could add anything to a moonlit evening. You don't like me, do you, Miss Bennet? That is an understatement, Mr. Darcy. I'm very sorry, for there's something that seems to draw me to you. The room was suddenly empty when you walked out of it, or perhaps it was my heart. Why do you dislike me? Mr. Darcy, I couldn't begin to tell you. 
Well, then I certainly won't force myself upon you any longer. Good evening, Miss Bennet. Good evening, Mr. Darcy. Well, Darcy, why are you walking up and down so late out here? It's almost three in the morning. Why are you walking up and down so late, Bingley? Oh, I think... I'm sure... Yes? I have a suspicion I'm... Darcy, don't you think Miss Jane Bennet is a truly remarkable girl? Yes, but, um, I haven't been keeping myself awake over that. I've been thinking about what a remarkable girl Miss Elizabeth Bennet is. I thought you didn't like her. I don't. But I seem to have become a little mixed up in my emotions. so late, Elizabeth. We really should go to bed. I know, Jane, but the moonlight is so bright. Oh, Elizabeth, don't you think Mr. Bingley is very handsome? Very. And extremely clever. Extremely. And delightfully charming? Delightfully. Elizabeth, you aren't really listening to me at all. What are you thinking of? How much I dislike Mr. Darcy. While Jane and Bingley were busy dreaming about one another, and while Darcy was dreaming about Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was thinking about how much she disliked him, Mrs. Bennet was busy settling the lives of the three of them. Oh, Mrs. Bennet, will you please come to bed? You make me so nervous charging up and down the room like that, I can't close my eyes. Really, Mr. Bennet, if you don't care anything about the future of your daughters, I do. I've got to get them married and settled. Good heavens, I have five on my hands, and practically no one I know has more than two to worry about. But, Mrs. Bennet, why not leave that in the hands of Providence for tonight? There's really very small chance of your getting them married at three in the morning. Jane, of course, will marry Mr. Bingley. Now, Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth must marry Mr. Collins. Mr. Collins? That unpleasant cousin of mine? Mr. Collins told me Monday, when he arrived for his visit, that he wishes to marry and take a wife back with him. I think that may as well be Elizabeth. Elizabeth isn't in love with Mr. Collins. In love? I can't wait around for her to fall in love. No, sir. Mr. Collins shall have your permission to speak to her tomorrow, and she will accept him. All right. May I go to sleep now, Mrs. Bennet? Yes, Mr. Bennet, you may. Elizabeth, will you sit by the window, please? Yes, of course, Mr. Collins, but why? Miss Elizabeth, permit me to tell you that I have your mother's permission for this address. First, I think that every clergyman in easy circumstances should set an example in matrimony to his parish. Secondly, I think it will add greatly to my own happiness. 
And third, it is the wish of my patroness and esteemed friend, Lady Catherine de Bourg. She is prepared to think well of you. Mr. Collins, please. I thank you for the compliment you are paying me, but I must decline it. I am prepared to be refused at first. I shall not let it upset me. I shall ask you again. You see, Lady de Bourg is most anxious to see me settled, and to see her own daughter settled with Mr. Darcy. Mr. Darcy? Mm. They have been engaged since they were born. Lady Catherine and Mr. Darcy's mother made all the arrangements. Young Lady Catherine is very beautiful, you know. Although a trifle on the, uh, <clears throat> slender side for my own taste. I wish her great joy. You look unhappy about something. <gasps> Have you become well acquainted with Mr. Darcy? No. No, I haven't. And I'm sure I never shall. He is the most impossible, vain, egotistical, unpleasant, ill-mannered man it has ever been my bad fortune to meet. I am very sorry, Miss Elizabeth. Sorry? About what? That you are so fond of Mr. Darcy. Mr. Collins! I'm sorry I didn't mention Mr. Darcy sooner. I would have known then why there is little hope for me. speak to your daughter Elizabeth immediately. And what has she done, Mrs. Bennet? I just refused Mr. Collins, Papa. I am not speaking to Elizabeth at the moment, Mr. Bennet, but I expect you to inform her that you insist upon her marrying him. Mm-hmm. Well, Elizabeth, an unhappy alternative seems to be before you. From this day you must be a stranger to one of your parents. Your mother will never speak to you again if you do not marry Mr. Collins. And uh, I will never speak to you again if you do. Mr. Bennet, this is the grossest insubordination. Yes, Mrs. Bennet. Elizabeth, do you want to be an old maid? I would just as soon as marry someone I didn't love. Oh, as far back as I can remember, there has never been an old maid in either your father's family or mine. Oh, I'm going to be upset. Oh, you don't really want me upset, do you, Elizabeth? No, Mamma. but I don't want to marry Mr. Collins either. And of the two, having you stop speaking to me would be the lesser disappointment. Oh, I am hurt deeply, Elizabeth. Deeply and gravely. I'm very sorry, Mamma. Please excuse me. Oh, dear me. Oh, dear me. Girls nowadays are certainly not as obedient as they used to be. That may be just as well, Mrs. Bennet. Oh, well, at least Jane has not defied me. Jane will marry Mr. Bingley, and then I will only have four girls to worry about. Miss Bennet? Oh, Miss Bennet. Mr. Darcy? We, um, we seem to be walking in the same direction. 
I can change my direction. I'm only out for a little pleasant air. I've had a very wearing day. Oh, no, I'll, I'll change my direction. I wouldn't think of spoiling your walk. Just as you wish, Mr. Darcy. This, um, this seems as good a time as any to say goodbye, I suppose. Goodbye? I thought you and Mr. Bingley were going to be here all winter. We had a change of plans. My sister's not been well, and I'm taking her to Italy. Bingley's coming along with us. Oh. He and Gladys, um, well, there's been an understanding between them for some time. You follow me, don't you? Perfectly, Mr. Darcy. Yes. I think they'll be getting married in the spring, as soon as it can be managed. When two people are in love, there's little good in waiting. Of course not. Especially if one of the people seems to be falling in love with... someone else. Yes, you do follow me. If you'll forgive my saying so, Miss Bennet, you have a designing mother, and my sister's happiness is at stake. It doesn't matter to you, of course, that my sister Jane's happiness is at stake, too. I should be very sorry if this causes her pain. But after all, she and Bingley haven't been acquainted very long. What right have you to interfere in other people's lives? Why should you persuade Mr. Bingley to leave when he and Jane think so much of one another? Miss Bennet, if I thought your sister and Bingley could be happy, I'd do everything in my power to keep them together. Why don't you just mind your own business? Because I'm not going to see a friend of mine taken in by a scheming woman. Your mother and sister have set out to trick Bingley into marriage by fair means or foul, and they're not going to get away with it. So now, good day, Miss Bennet. Good day, and goodbye. I'm sorry that we were never able to get along, because I think that you are a fine and beautiful woman. Whatever I think of the designs of your mother and sister. Do you think I care what you think of me? No. I entertain no such hopes, Miss Bennet. If I ever had any little conceits, you've long since destroyed them. Undoubtedly, that will give you great personal pleasure. Goodbye, Mr. Darcy. I hope you'll be very happy in Italy. If it's any consolation to you, I won't. See, I haven't escaped entirely unscathed in this fray. I have a few wounds to lick myself. Goodbye, Miss Bennet. Mrs. Bennet, will you kindly stop that infernal noise? Oh, my poor Jane, my poor broken-hearted baby. How could any man be so cruel and black-hearted? How could any man go off without a word of farewell after the intentions that he showed her? Mama. Mama, please, you're keeping everyone in the house awake. How can you be so callous, Elizabeth Bennet? Don't you care that your sister has a broken heart? <laughs> of course I do, Mama, but I think it would be so much better for her, and for you, and all the rest of us, if you would go to sleep. Oh! Thank you, Elizabeth. When I think of how that man has treated her, going off without even saying goodbye, oh! He sent a note to you, Mamma, and thanked you for all your courtesies to him. A note? When I think of how I felt when I read that note. Oh, oh eternal perdition. Mama, 
Please stop crying about me. I'm all right. Oh, my baby, my poor broken-hearted baby. Mama, I don't want to hear any more of this. It's humiliating and very upsetting. I'd appreciate it if you never mentioned Mr. Bingley's name to me again. Come on, Elizabeth. Let's go back to our room. Good night, Papa. Mama. Good night, girls. Good night, Papa. Oh, Mr. Bennet. Now I've got to start from scratch again. I've got five daughters and not one husband in sight. Oh, I declare I could just cry. I'm that disappointed. Please, Elizabeth, don't hum that song. Oh, Jane, I'm sorry, my dear. That's one of Mr. Bingley's favourite songs. He sang it to me at the ball. Elizabeth, I'm afraid I love him very much. I ought to be too proud to admit that. But tonight I don't seem to have any pride. Tonight, all I can think is... How lovely life was for a few weeks. How lovely it might have been. Oh, Elizabeth, you don't know what it's like. You've never been in love. It hurts so much you want to die. And yet you know you won't die. That you'll go on living with the hurt. And when the hurt finally goes, you'll be completely empty. Empty. The room was suddenly empty when you walked out. Or perhaps it was my heart. What are you talking about? Someone said that to me once. You never told me. Someone you love? Someone I might have loved. I know who, Elizabeth. I've guessed. Oh, I'm sorry I said that. It was selfish of me. You know far more about how love can hurt than I. I at least had a few weeks of happiness. I did not say I was in love. I only said I might have been. If I didn't despise him so. Don't be too proud, Elizabeth. Pride is such a lonely thing. When you choose it in place of love. Pride is all I have. All I've been offered. And all I want. Good night, Jane. I'm very sleepy. Good night, Elizabeth. Oh, Elizabeth, my dear, that nice Mr. Darcy is in the parlour. He's come to call on you. Mr. Darcy? To call on me? That's right. Hurry along, dear. No, wait a minute. Let me straighten your hair. Oh, Mama. Run along now. Run along. Well, Mr. Darcy, this is a surprise. Good afternoon, Miss Bennet. You're looking thin and not a bit well. Didn't Italy agree with you? Not too much, no. Miss Bennet, there's... um, There's something that I must tell you. Yes? And it's... It's not at all easy since you've gone to such great pain to let me see how distasteful I am to you. 
But I... I love you. I have to tell you. Have you lost your mind? No. Only my heart. You've ruined my sister's life, and then you have the impertinence to stand there and tell me that you love me. I do love you, with all my heart, and with all my heart I wish that you loved me. Elizabeth, will you marry me? I offer you a name of some honor through many generations, security and comfort, and my great devotion. You surely cannot think that I will accept you. Even you could not have that much conceit. I hoped you might accept me. Let's put it that way. Mr. Darcy, I've never asked for your good opinion or your love, and I am amazed that you have chosen to bestow them upon me. There have been a lot of tears shed in this house in the past few months, and you have been the cause of all of them. I assure you that I would marry anyone in the world before I would marry you. Miss Bennet, don't think you can make me ashamed of my love, because that's above reproach and the best that's in me to offer a woman. But I am ashamed of the object of my love. I thought I was kneeling at your feet when I asked you to marry me. Now I see I was only stooping a little. Thank you for refusing me. Forgive me for taking up so much of your time, and accept my best wishes for your health and happiness. my dear it's lydia our daughter lydia she's run off with a soldier look at this note oh my baby my poor baby married without her mother there oh god bless her oh oh mr bennett he will marry her won't he no soldier would be so low as to turn to run off with a young lady and and not marry her would he what do you think Mrs. Bennet. Oh, Mr. Bennet, oh, Elizabeth, oh, what am I to do? This will ruin us all. We'll never get any husbands. You have all the law allows, my dear. Aren't you going to get your horsewhip and go after that man, Mr. Bennet? Oh, yes, madam, I am. As soon as I can get dressed. Oh, someone should have warned me what marriage can lead to. I might have avoided all this thirty years ago. Oh, Mr. Bennet. Madam, be silent. If Lydia isn't married now, she will be very soon. I'll see to that. Pa? Yes, Elizabeth? I want to talk to you. Hmm, what is it, Elizabeth? When you went up to London and got Lydia married, just how did you manage it? Oh, it was uh, very simple, my dear. Lydia said you gave them a thousand pounds. Where did you get the thousand pounds, Papa? From Mr. Darcy, Elizabeth. Mr. Darcy? Oh, yes, my dear. He came to see me. 
He heard about Lydia, and he said the only way to straighten things out was to give them some money to get them started. You shouldn't have accepted any money from Mr. Darcy. He's not a friend of ours, Papa. Not a friend? No. Well, he's a friend indeed. And a friend in need. If that isn't a friend, I don't know what is. I wanted to give them the money at once, but my solicitors couldn't be reached. Mr. Darcy kindly lent me the money. I paid him back the next morning. If only it hadn't been Mr. Darcy. It's a shame you can't find anything good about Mr. Darcy, Elizabeth. And it's a shame that you resent it when you come face to face with something that is so kind and so good you can't deny it. Elizabeth, my dear... Are you in love with Mr. Darcy? Why does everyone keep asking me if I'm in love with that man? Because, maybe, you have so many symptoms. It takes more than symptoms to make a case of anything. I'm not in love with him. And no matter what he does for this family, I'm not going to be in love with him. All right, Elizabeth, all right. I'm Lady Catherine de Bourg. This is quite an honour, Lady Catherine, that you should call on me. Yes, it is. I've come to talk to you about my nephew, Mr. Darcy, who is going to marry my daughter. Indeed. Please congratulate them both for me. Don't be impudent. But I thought I was being polite. You were being sarcastic and therefore rude and impudent. Miss Bennet, I will be my usual frank self. I have heard rumours that you and my nephew were to be married, which I knew must be a scandalous falsehood, and I want the report universally contradicted. Your coming here is likely to appear confirmation rather than a contradiction. I am not going to have my plans upset by a young woman without family connections or fortune. I wish to know once and for all, are you engaged to Mr. Darcy? I am not. Ah. Will you promise me never to enter into such an engagement? I will not. You are then resolved to have him? I did not say that. Lady Catherine, you're not going to order me about. My life is my own to plan as I see fit. I've managed to live a good many years without any help or interference from you, and I intend to go on that way. Miss Bennet, I am leaving, but I take no leave of you. And I send no compliments to your mother. I am seriously displeased. I understand, Lady Catherine. Good day, Miss Bennet. Elizabeth! Oh, Elizabeth, darling! Mr. Bingley and I have something to tell you. We wanted you to be the first to know. Mr. Bingley, how do you do? I didn't dream you were in this part of the country. Oh, I only just returned this morning. Will you tell her, Jane, or shall I? You don't have to tell me anything. It's written all over your faces. I congratulate you both. <laughs> when I think I wouldn't have known that Jane cared if it hadn't been for Mr. Darcy, well, I still get shaky. Mr. Darcy? Of course. He spent all those months in Italy telling me about Jane. I only left, you know, because I couldn't believe she cared, and I wanted to try and get over her. 
The Darcy kept after me week in, week out, saying, Where's your courage? At least go and ask her. We owe Mr. Darcy a great deal, Elizabeth. Yes, so it would seem. Elizabeth, he's down at the gypsy camp right now, listening to their music. Why don't you go down and see him? Yes. Oh, yes, I must. Oh, I've been such a fool. I wonder if he'll ever forgive me. Mr. Darcy, I... Why, Miss Bennet? It seems I owe you some apologies. And some gratitude. Please don't speak of them. It isn't gratitude that I want from you. Elizabeth, my Aunt Catherine tells me that she came to see you. And that you refused to promise not to marry me. It was shameless of me, I'm afraid. But you see, I hoped you might ask me again. And I didn't want to be bound by promises. And if I did ask you again? What would my answer be this time? Surely I don't have to tell you that. Well, you told me so many unpleasant things. It would be nice to hear something more to my liking. Why then, Mr. Darcy, if you did ask me again, I would say, thank you so much, I'll try very hard to make you happy. Oh, Miss Bennet. And I would say, I've loved you from the first moment, but I found it very difficult to say so, and I would say, I am yours now, whether you want me or not, completely and forever. Oh, my darling, my darling, I've waited so long. I know. We got all mixed up in a porridge of pride and prejudice, but it will be beautiful now, my darling. Yes, it had to end this way. We were for each other from the beginning of time, and always will be until the end of time. I love you, Mr. Darcy. Very, very dearly. What are you crying about now? Lydia's married, and Jane and Elizabeth soon will be. And we've only two daughters left. They'll be married too, before we're turned around. Oh, Mr. Bennet, we're going to be so lonely all alone. <laughs> I've lost my babies. Madam, you baffle me completely. That's because you've never been a mother, Mr. Bennet. And praise God, I never shall. Amen to that, Mr. Bennet. Amen indeed, madam. And now please, may I get some sleep? Yes, Mr. Bennet, you may. Good night. Good night. Mr. Bennet is very tired, and we don't want to keep him awake so we'll just tell you that everyone lived happily ever after. So was the custom in those days, with no further prejudices and just the right amount of pride. You've 
been listening to Quarantine Radio Theater's production of the 1944 radio version of Pride and Prejudice, featuring the vocal talents of Brant McCants as Mr. Bennett, Sherry Hawkins as Mrs. Bennett, Megan Knoll as Elizabeth Bennett, Emily Schneider as Jane Bennett, Sean Chevalier-Kelman as Lady Catherine, Kelly Hoagland as Mr. Darcy, Bill Burke as Mr. Bingley, Andrew Richards as Mr. Collins, and Brian Kapler as your host. Quarantine Radio Theater is a collaborative effort uniting talented individuals from their homes. Using whatever recording means handy, we try to bring you, the listener, a bit of entertainment during these uncertain times. If you are a fan of old-time radio or original productions produced in the old-time radio style, please hit the like and subscribe button, as well as the bell icon to be notified when we release new shows. I'm Allison Beach, and on behalf of all of us here at Quarantine Radio Theater, stay safe and be kind to one another. Huh. I guess I should try to wake up Brant now that the show's over? Eh, on second thought, he'll be fine right there. So long as the zombies don't wander back. <laughs>